to Proudly Asian, a podcast series that tells bold and proud stories of Asians by Asians. I'm Isabel Wong, a financial journalist who wants to uncover the many Asian stories around us that are waiting to be told. There's never just one way to look at Asians. This podcast will take you through a deep dive into the life stories, struggles and triumphs of young Asians around the world. On today's episode, we have Claudia Chang, a Hong Kong-born Canadian digital marketer who's been brought up in Hong Kong, Toronto and Xiamen. She talks to us about her schooling experience and stereotypes of Asian women. International Women's Day back in March, I put in a question on Instagram about what biases against Asians you guys would like to call out. And a lot of you actually responded with your personal stories. And sadly, a lot of these stories we received were related to sexist comments or gestures directed at Asian women. So this week's Proudly Asian is kind of a special one because not only will we be hearing from a new guest, we will also be welcoming back a well loved guest to pick up where we left off since she was last on the show. They are by no means influencers for feminism or any sort of like uh, movements, but they are just regular people who unfortunately have a lot of stories to share about casual sexism and racism against Asian women. So welcome Claudia and Welcome back, Jacqueline. I mean, um, just a quick note about Jacqueline. So, so she she's here. She's in the episode. She's here. <laughs> she's here. She's omnipresent. Yes, but unfortunately, she's caught the flu, so she won't be able to um, speak to us during this episode. So today, we will be hearing a lot more from Claudia. So for those who haven't listened to our earlier episodes, I'll just give a, a bit of context about Jacqueline. Anyway, like she was on the show speaking about her experience growing up as a British Macanese Filipino in Hong Kong and now she's currently in Amsterdam and um, also with us we have a new guest Claudia <laughs> but before this conversation gets completely out of control let's get um, a brief introduction about you Claudia um, can you tell us about like who are you what are you and where did you grow up yeah. Um, hello, everyone. And thanks, Isabel, for inviting me onto your podcast. I'm so excited. This is my first gig. And um, obviously, I listen to your other podcasts, and I'm really excited to share my experience. So thank you for inviting me. Um, so I'm Claudia. I am originally born in Hong Kong. I moved to Canada when I was six and lived there until middle school, grade seven, where I moved to China because my dad was working there. So I've also studied in two separate international schools in China for two years in the first one and then two years in the second one. And really interestingly, there were only two internationals in the city that I was in, which is Xiamen, <clears throat> and one of which was actually a Filipino international school. And the other one was an international school with more Caucasians, more diversity. Um, so I've studied in both. And then I went back to Canada for the end of two years of high school and university. And after university, I stayed there, worked a while, and then went to college for social media. And then afterwards came back to Hong Kong and have stayed here for six years almost. Yeah. 
Oh, wow. I mean, you, you have clearly lived in so many cities um, growing up. So um, I just want to know what are some of the most defining moments or places for you? Um, I think all of them has been really different. I don't really remember when I was studying in Hong Kong. <laughs> actually, that's a lie. I have one really distinct memory when I was studying Hong Kong that actually traumatized me for life. So whenever I think back on when I studied in Hong Kong, I think about in primary school, um, I remember there was a kid who was really naughty. I don't know why. I don't remember why. But then the teacher was yelling at the kid and after she was yelling at him or her, I also don't remember, she came over and grabbed him, I'm just going to say him, uh, by the ear and dragged him out of the classroom. And the kid was obviously screaming. Yeah, this is my memory of what Chinese primary school was like. And then when I went to Canada, I remember everyone was super nice. Um Everyone, obviously, I didn't speak English, but everyone was really helpful to me. Fortunately, I didn't really experience much of racism when I went to Canada to study. I had a lot of Chinese friends. The teachers would always um, yell at us for speaking in Cantonese. But then that was basically it. Like I had friends. Um, I might have been the school bully. <laughs> Only because, I I don't know, maybe I was the naughty one. So that's why no one bullied me. So then I didn't really experience that in school. So I think I was really lucky because the school had a lot of Asians. Um, and I think the maybe Canadians were the minority. Um, and then when I studied in China, I think that was when I was actually faced with a lot more diverse um, cultures. Because there were people from Korea, from Mongolia from Mexico, um, from from China, obviously, from Hong Kong. So I think that was one of the most distinct memories. And I always compare my international school experience with my experience in Canada. Because then, can I mention that Jack is putting comments in the chat box? Because um, she said, do you think Canada would be more diverse? But actually, it really wasn't. In Canada, when I went back to high school, there were obviously um, Caucasians, there were people from Hong Kong, Korea, and Persians. But I think in my mind, that was the most diverse kind of culture that I faced. And those were the majorities, I didn't really see any other people. But obviously in, and all, sorry, obviously, there were Indians and uh, uh, African Americans. But then in China, I think because the international schools were so small, I was able to actually develop a friendship with every single person from different countries. Instead of in Canada, everybody was in cliques and there were just too many people for you to get to know. And then coming back to Hong Kong, you're just faced with a lot of expats. <laughs> there, There's definitely a lot more people from UK that I've ever come across. To it. Um, but then... Yeah, I, I think it was really interesting having lived in three different countries and um, being back in Hong Kong has been interesting too. Yeah. 
And um, for for listeners who are wondering about um, what Claudia meant by um, in the in the comment section, basically um, <laughs> during our recording now, um, despite Jack is not able to use her voice to speak, she's actually typing her questions and her comments and responses in the chat box that we're maintaining here. So, so she's she's here with us. Uh, I mean, uh, throughout the recording. So um, don't be weirded out when we are pointing out some of the comments um, coming from Jack um, along the way, despite you don't hear from her. <laughs> but um, it's so interesting, Claudia, because Jack just mentioned like you would think Canada would be more diverse. But then from what you just described there, and I think you're actually one, you're probably the first guest um, on, on the Proudly Asian podcast who has had experience studying in China. You know, a, a lot of people who don't know what to expect from the experience of studying in China or like living in China, they would think, oh, China must be like full of Chinese. But then what you just described to us is completely kind of like challenging the views of some people might have about um, China. But I would like to um, follow up a little bit more about like your experience studying in China, like among different students from different ethnic groups or different countries were there any sort of like racial tensions between the people or or everyone would just kind of like coexist in harmony yeah I think everyone definitely coexists because the schools were so small and like I mentioned I, I went to both the only two international schools there um, and it was really interesting because the the Filipino one that I went to, obviously the majority of the students were Filipino, but then there was also a huge group of um, <clears throat> Taiwanese and people who were from China, so like Chinese people and a lot of Hong Kong people who studied there. Um, there definitely wasn't any racism or bias or like segregation, separations. I think everybody just coexisted. And then in the more Western international school that I went to, there were definitely a lot more um, people from different countries, uh, like the ones I mentioned earlier, like Koreans, Mongolians, Mexicans, um, Taiwanese, Americans, Canadians. And I think it was really interesting because there was only like 10 to 15 people in a classroom so you can't really like there's there might just be one race per person so you can't really be discriminatory against anyone if you are mean to someone it's probably because of their personality so not so much because of race uh, but that's also where I got to learn a little bit more about all of the different cultures and even I think we actually had a lot of Koreans. So that's where I started to like ask them on like how to how to speak Korean because I also watched a lot of K-dramas. So they would teach me Korean and I still know some phrases. Like I know how to say I'm not Korean in Korean. <laughs> I was like, you I don't to, speak I... Korean in Korean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I used to get that. Like people would speak to me in Korean. I once had a... Uh, elevator incident in Canada with a Korean older lady and she started speaking to me in Korean and I kept being like no 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 like English not Korean in English and she just kept looking at me like really confused and she continued to speak in Korean so I had to bust out my Korean and say I'm not Korean in Korean and then she was like <laughs> oh and then she started talking to me in English. <laughs> I was like, how does that work? <laughs> That's so funny. And so in, in a way, in China, there wouldn't be as much of, you know, like you mentioned, there, there weren't as much like racial tensions between people. Would there be any like racial hierarchy like we would observe here in Hong Kong? Yeah, I don't think as much of individual cultures being more 
or like being put on a pedestal. Hmm. Um, but more like the two schools, actually, I think one would have the perception of which one is the better school per se. So when you think of a Filipino international school, and then you think of a Western international school, all of the teachers in the Western international school are 90% Caucasian. And then the Filipino school, all of the teachers are Filipinos, right? And so when you talk to the students from each school, they actually have that perception that the Filipino school students probably don't perform as well academically, um, are more into arts, which we did do a lot of arts. I'm not going to lie. We had we had like cheerleading class. We had dance classes. We had a lot of events where like we would put on huge plays. It was a lot of fun. I loved it. I love the arts and crafts scene. Um, but then in the Western one, there were a lot of other activities that you can be connected with other international schools in, for example, other cities in China and in Hong Kong. I think it was just the funding that was different. And that's why people thought like, oh, the Western one must be better. Also because the tuition was more expensive. But the people within it, um, they wouldn't necessarily think like, oh, well, you're Caucasian, so you must be better. Well, for the Filipino mm. school students, we would think like, oh, if you're from that school, you're going to be snobby. But then when I was in the Western International School, I noticed that they would be like, oh, if you're from that school, you must be like stupid <laughs> like, or you must be a little poor. But it's not true. There were really rich kids in both schools. So it was it was an interesting kind of observation. And being in both was kind of interesting, too, because yeah. we would never play with each other but you would hear rumors about the schools. So when I went into the Western International School, um, it turns out a lot of the other students already knew who I was and like my reputation, which I didn't have any. I didn't have any. Like I was only maybe a middle school bully when I was younger, but not after middle school. <laughs> so I didn't really have a reputation. So I was confused. Why are people talking about me like, like they know me? So apparently my rep was just that they were like, oh, there's this Asian girl who's coming from the Filipino International School to the Western International School. And I heard she's pretty. And then I would arrive and they would be like, she's not that pretty. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> it's so hurtful. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and to this day, I still get like um, some of my old high school guy friends message me and be like, wow. I wish you looked like this when you were in middle school. When when that person messaged me, I was like 20 something. So I was like, why? That's really, that's a really creepy thing to say. Yeah. Wow. It's, I mean, what you just <laughs> mentioned was completely like foreign to me. I'm like, what? Was it kind of like the first thing that he said to you when, when he DM'd you? Or were you guys chatting for a while? No, no, no. I think that was the literally like the first thing he said to me when he DM'd me. Like he saw one of my selfies or whatever. And then was like, oh, wow, <clears throat> I wish you looked like this when you were uh, in grade eight. Oh <laughs> I was like, God. oh, <laughs> I don't know if he's like sexualizing grade eighters, but like, it's like it, it's, it was just a confusing thought to think about. 
Yeah, and I, I know that throughout, you know, like throughout the years, you also, I mean, I don't know why. It's just so unfortunate that you keep on getting like weird messages from guys. And so we're <laughs> going to talk about this because like, I remember when we were just casually chatting, you know, throughout the years and even like over DMs, right? You would just like tell us about the craziest stories where you were just subjected to these like casual sexism against Asian women. And there would be like creepy guys along the way. Do you you mind telling us about some of these crazy stories yeah oh my gosh I was gonna say I have so many where do I begin but then obviously <clears throat> I also want to caveat that like um I don't think my stories are as bad as how other women may have faced like I know there are definitely a lot more uh women who have faced even more uh, scary or dangerous situations so I I don't want to say I'm quite lucky in the fact that these never turned out to be a scary or life-threatening situation for me. And it was just mostly verbal, like no one's ever followed me or threatened me or uh, like chased after me or something. Because I do read a lot of these Instagram stories from other girls that I follow that that has happened to them. Um, and so I'm really fortunate in this sense, but I don't think I should even be saying the word that I'm fortunate to have had like a lesser kind of harassment because we, none of us should be having this at all. Um, but there's definitely been some instances. I think the one that we all kind of remember most that I've told you guys about was this one time I was in Canada and I was going to my normal um, drug store, which is called Shoppers Drug Mart. It's a huge, think of it like a Watson's in Canada. It's on the street of where I usually go home. Um, I usually go there just to pick up any nitty gritty necessity items. And I was there around, I think it was like 10 p.m. at night. There's still a lot of people in the store, a lot of people on the street. So it wasn't scary or dark or um, empty. But I was lining up while I was purchasing something. And as I was lining up, I had my headphones on. So I was just staring outside the window mindlessly. And I zoned out thinking about something. And when kind of my conscience like kicked back in, I, I realized I was staring at a guy through the window and he was making eye contact with me. And the first thing that I thought was like, oh, shit, <laughs> please do not try to talk to me when I come out. I don't know why that was the first thing that popped into my head. But I quickly like averted my eyes and I like looked down to make sure I didn't look at him anymore because I didn't want to give him any sort of hint that I was trying to get to know him or something, right? Um, and then I just went about my business. I paid and then I left and I saw that he was still standing there. I think he was around 20 something years old. I was 20 something he was carrying a gym bag. He also had headphones on. He was just on his phone. So I was like, okay, it's fine. You're overreacting, Gloria. And so I walked by him. And as I was walking, he started walking the same direction as me. So we're walking together now. And I was like, oh my God, please don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. And then I, in the corner of my eye, I see him turn to me and start talking. But I had my headphones on, so I continued to ignore it, which is what I usually do. I just pretend I don't hear it. I keep walking and I look straight ahead. Um, but he keeps doing it. So then eventually he stood in front of me. And then I had to like take out my headphones and be like, uh, can I help you? And he was like, oh, sorry. I, I just wanted to ask you like what time it is. And then in my mind, I was like, okay, Claudia, you're overreacting again, right? So I was like, uh, it's like 10 something. 
And then I was like, oh my God, you're so stupid. He was on his phone. He knows what time it is. And then he was like, oh, okay, thank you. Like, where are you headed? And then I started kind of like panicking. I was like, oh my God, what do I say? Like, where am I headed? I'm like, I'm just heading home. Like, leave me alone. Um, and then, <laughs> well, I didn't say leave me alone, but I was like, I'm just heading home. And then he's like, oh, okay, well, uh, which way is home? And then I freak out a little more, right? Obviously, I can't tell him which way is home. But I just went this way. <laughs> and then he said, oh, I'm walking that way too. Do you want to grab no. a drink on the way back? And I had to be like, no, thank you. I'm good. And then I ran because I was like, I don't know how to react in these situations. Like, I don't know you. I don't want to get a drink with you. And I'm pretty sure he only approached me because I made eye contact with him by accident as I was staring out a shop's window, you know? And I was like, oh my God, now he knows where I live. But thank God, like he didn't try to chase me. He didn't like continue to follow me. But that was that was quite scary. Yeah, that that definitely sounds super creepy. But at the same time, you know, it's just like guys and girls just have two different perspectives. Because to guys' points of view, they would be like, oh, this is the start of some rom-com. But then, <laughs> no, to girls, it's like, this is the start to a horror film. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's like what we we do usually um to get ourselves into this kind of situation. It's not even like it, we we're not even kind of like dancing in front of the guy. It's not like that. We're just I made like eye staring <laughs> at nowhere. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, I can't believe it. It's like I made eye contact, and that's what made him wait outside until I was done to talk to me. And it was like eleven p.m. trying to ask me to go for a drink, like. In what world did he think I was going to be like, okay, let's go. <laughs> Rom-com world. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess he thinks like usually girls are more romantic in that sense. And we probably would have loved it. Like maybe he thought I was hinting at him like, hey, ask me oh out. My God. I think you're cute <laughs> from uh. inside the store. So cringe. Yeah, I, I know. Like for for others, I've heard you telling us about some other stories where you know um, people could say pretty like nasty comments mm. at you. Um, for example, there there would be one. Ex- I don't even want to say the direct quote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, can I say the word? <laughs> Let's just say the p bad. word. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I was walking down the street with my friends. Um, it was also a late night. It was downtown this time. I was with two other girlfriends. One of them is also Chinese, um, but she is more tan than me. So she usually gets mistaken for being Thai or Indonesian or Filipino. Um, and then my other friend, she's Portuguese. So she's Caucasian. And so the three of us were just walking down the street. And I remember there was like a group of men don't really remember what ethnicity they were, but I know they weren't Asian. Um, and they were quite drunk. And they walked by quite close to us too and just shouted. Actually, I don't even think he shouted. He he just looked at me as he walked by and said like, oh, I love me some Asian pee. <sighs> I didn't hear it. My friend heard it. And she was like, oh, my God, did you hear what he said to you? And I was like, no, what? <laughs> and then she repeated to me. And I was like, that Ew. is disgusting. Like, I hate the fact that they think they can just walk by and say that. Like, I, I don't say like, "Ooh, I love me some white, you know, <laughs> as I walk by men, like I'm trying to shop for fish in the wet market or something. You know, it's it, it was really nasty. And there was nothing I can do. 
because they already walked away and they were, they were like a group of men like what what can I say yeah yeah without me feeling like they were gonna come chase after me or something and normally when we um, express like we are so disgusted by this type of comments that's when they would kind of be like um yo we're just being flirty like stop being so serious or like <clears throat> yeah or it's a compliment I like you not the other two girls with you like, I, I, I don't feel like it's a compliment and then normally they would also say oh um you asian chicks need to chill yeah but then that's the thing right like they think asian girls are so submissive yeah and that's why we would take that but a lot of times it's also because we don't even have the time to process what they said exactly and, and like there's been other instances where like um i'll be waiting for the light to change at a crossroad and i see a car <laughs> just like idling right and then i see this guy look at me i'm pretty sure that guy was caucasian um he rolls down his window and he's making eye contact with me and i was like oh what the hell like i i continued to look at him because i wanted to see what he was doing right and he starts doing like the jacking off motion Ew. while keeping eye contact with me and i was just like so enraged i just kept flipping him off because i didn't know what else to do but it's like why why like what do you get out of that oh my god wow that's terrible yeah i mean yeah. like i honestly um for our listeners um just now you know like we, we sound like we're joking about these situations we sound like we are laughing but i mean honestly these situations are nothing funny like they are super serious and i hope um for for girls i mean i i do feel sorry for girls um who are still going through situations like these and um we we definitely need to make this message loud and clear that it's not okay to do this to anyone not just asian girls like just any girls in this world like it's not okay to do these shit to you know girls like so i mean i'm sorry that that happened to you claudia because like i I still remember in the uk i was so used to like seeing random chavs or like just drunk guys in broad daylight Mm. where you know they were on the street and they would just shout things like oh take off your knickers like you chinks or or, like sex 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 you know like during that time i would just see it as like like part of my daily lives you know like you would just see chavs like these um on the street but then now that you think about it like there's nothing okay about it so yeah i definitely feel very sad um that these these still continue to happen and some of these actually become worse than just um random sexual harassment on the street because some of these incidents could lead to like murders that we see in america um but now moving on um (laughs) i mean i i have no idea how to like how to move on with the conversation on a lighter note because these are definitely not light um The other thing I want to talk about is like, I still remember during International Women's Day, um, Claudia, you and I were kind of chatting a little bit over DMs. And one of the incidents that you told me about was like, or or kind of like a scenario was that when white men start speaking broken Mandarin, um, after asking if maybe like a Chinese looking person, if she's Chinese, and then, you know, that kind of situation happened to you. Is that true? Yeah, I think it usually happens in a bar setting. I guess it's their way to pick up girls because they think it's attractive or that they think that's what girls like. But I've definitely I've definitely experienced it more at a bar where Caucasian, usually American men, um, who who ask me like, Oh, where are you from? Like, why is your English so good? And then I say, like, I've studied in Canada, but I'm from Hong Kong. And then they start speaking in Mandarin, like, oh, 你好, 我也会说中文, like, which is 
hello, I can also speak Chinese. And I was like, great, good for you. We don't speak Mandarin in Hong Kong. I understand it. I can speak it. But my English is way better than your Chinese. So why would we have this conversation in Chinese? And then a lot of the times they'll just continue in Mandarin. And I'm like, I really, let's just speak in English. And then they'll laugh it off and then they'll continue English. But that always, that just turns me off. Like, I don't even want to talk to you anymore because of one, like your ignorance. And then second, the fact that you think you can impress me with a little bit of Mandarin. I know some guys, maybe they actually did take their time to learn Chinese, which I really appreciate. But it's also kind of annoying when we give them that satisfaction of being like, oh my God, you learned a second language. But you th if you think about Asians, all of us speak like at least almost two languages or understand. So it, it, it's just, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, essentially what they did there, it's as stupid as, you know, someone who, who behaves like that in front of in front of a French person where it's like, hey, I speak French as well, bonjour, croissant, baguette. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, how, that's what it sounds like, essentially. So they go like, <laughs> Hey, I remember these words, but I don't try to have a conversation with them in French, right? Because I know I can't. I just tell them, oh, I also know these few phrases, but that's it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to pick up French guys with that. I'm just saying not only are most Asian people like um, multilingual, I mean, not every Chinese person speaks the same language as well, because there are so many dialects within the Chinese language family. Like there, you know, there could be like Cantonese, Mandarin Chinese, um, and there could be Hakka, um, and so many other dialects that I, I probably don't even know exist. So, I mean, just when you, you know, just because you see a Chinese person, it doesn't mean that person um, necessarily understands Mandarin Chinese. But also the funny thing about Western people people speaking some sort of Asian languages is that, I mean, let's not discount there are Western people or white people who actually take um, their Asian language sure. learning very seriously, right? But then yeah. um, the funny scenario or kind of like a phenomenon that um, we observe is that when Asians in Western countries speak perfect English, the usual treatment they would get would still be kind of racist. They would still get comments like, oh, Ching Chong Gangnam style, stuff like that. Um, but like when white people... Um, in Asian countries speak, let's say, three words of an Asian language, they immediately become the darling embraced by everyone and be like, wow, you're so great. You speak my language. Oh, do you want some free chicken? You want some free food? So they're like, God, yeah. Yeah, so so in a way, I just can't help but noticing this kind of like difference in terms of like treatments of like Asian speaking, you know, Western languages and like Western people speaking Asian languages. Like, um, does this um have have you seen any of these like happening in action as well? Yeah, definitely. I think we went to a restaurant a few months ago. Um, it was a restaurant just by Sainpon or Kennedy Town, and it's owned by. Uh, I think an old like Chinese lady. I think she's from China because she speaks Mandarin. Um, and we were ordering, and I was talking to her in Mandarin because she didn't really understand Cantonese. And her attitude towards me wasn't necessarily nice. It, it wasn't. It was okay. It was slightly unpleasant because I think it was just her service. Um, so my partner and I were kind of like, whatever. We will never come here again. <laughs> um, and then a white man walked in and he ordered in fluent Mandarin, which I gave him kudos to because uh, like you can tell it's not that he knew like three words, like he actually could have a conversation in Mandarin. And she was so impressed by him that she was like, oh my God, how's your Chinese so good? Where did you learn it? Like, uh, do you want something like, like, do you want additional things? Like, oh, I could give you a discount, like come back. Like her service was amazing. 
And I was like, I spoke to you in Mandarin too. Like I'm <laughs> like I'm from Hong Kong. My first language is Cantonese. Why aren't you not giving me this praise? I can also speak English. Hello. <laughs> why why are you so amazed that you can speak Mandarin? But then I guess like you don't come across white people who learn Mandarin that often. But then a lot of Hong Kong people can speak Mandarin. So to them, that's like wow, exotic from like, oh my God. white man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just in a way like um, there would be, I mean, Hong Kong is such an international city as well. There are Chinese, um, or you know, people who are ethnically Chinese. They might not um, necessarily like speak Chinese or Cantonese. Usually when people find out about how um, they don't speak native, either Cantonese or Mandarin, they would be treated as the disgrace of the whole ethnic city. <laughs> so it's just like to hear. How could you? I know. They get <laughs> so aggressive and annoyed and be like you're a Chinese you should speak Chinese or like they just can't get their heads around like the concept of like oh um, I mean there are Chinese who kind of like grew up um, outside China or like outside mm. Chinese city um, but I also remember the, the funny thing in Europe or for example like in tourist towns in Europe um, there will be also guys trying to sell some sort of like souvenirs and products or services like motorcycle rides and whenever they see some Asians like it doesn't matter if they're like, Japanese, Korean or Chinese yeah. like they would always when they see East Asian face they would be like Ni Hao Konnichiwa Jackie Chan Kung Fu yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I'm just like yo <laughs> you're not trying to sell anything that you're trying to sell here <laughs> but it's funny because then they just do all of the Asian languages <laughs> that they know and they say it all at once to see if it hits one of them I think I've experienced that in Dubai too I walked by and they were saying Konnichiwa or like Annyeonghaseyo and I'm like, I'm from Hong Kong. <laughs> and then someone would be like, okay, I don't know what that is, but <laughs> konnichiwa. Isn't Hong Kong in Japan? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my God, it's crazy. Yeah, so I mean, honestly, people are so random because like, I mean, not just Chinese, but then I think that there was a Vietnamese friend who would say like, oh, um, she she would tell people that she's Vietnamese and then people are like, oh, hi, konnichiwa. Something like that. <laughs> I was like, wow, how random can you guys get? Like, <laughs> so Just forget it. Konnichiwa. <laughs> I mean, I think eventually we need to petition for geography being a compulsory subject for <laughs> for the entire human race, you know? Like, seriously. <laughs> yeah, look at a world map. Exactly. <laughs> Memorize where all the countries are. And then you can, yeah, engage in public. <laughs> Recently, I was watching this um, Netflix show called The Worst Roommate Ever. And for everyone's reference, I'm like this huge fan of like true crime shows on Netflix. But I still can't do true crime podcast. I don't know why. <laughs> so so like I, I remember that was um, in The Worst Roommate Ever, one of the episodes, um, there was this Chinese murderer who actually killed his roommate um, because he had a crush on her and she did not reciprocate. Like she, she specifically told him that she had no feelings for him and he just got really mad about it um but when the police investigated him he actually faked like him being him being ethnically chinese um he actually faked this heavy chinese accent and pretended he didn't speak or understand any english and the family of the victim and his friends later saw the footage of the investigation and asked the investigators like 
where does his accent come from? Like, because the guy essentially grew up in America. And I found, I found it so funny um, because the investigators did not actually suspect a thing. <laughs> and they admitted it on the show. I just kind of had this like laugh out loud moment. I'm like, oh. Yeah, I watched that episode too and I thought it was so funny. And I actually thought that was kind of smart of him to pretend like he's innocent by using a Chinese accent. I was like, oh, so that's how you get away with murder. Yeah. <laughs> Just pretend you can't speak English. Please don't think that any Chinese person who speaks English with a Chinese accent just killed someone. <laughs> like that that's is also definitely not something we want to start. <laughs> but then I, I like I also think it's so courageous for someone to speak in another language with a heavy accent and continue to just like converse right but then other people make fun of it so much that it's like you know how difficult it is to get over that kind of self-esteem and speak with maybe like a broken accent and be able to translate their thoughts into another language like I always think it's so courageous and I definitely like applaud people who can do that yeah for sure and and in terms of the difference of treatment I, I don't think like Italian people necessarily get the same treatment as like people with a Chinese accent or I mean despite everyone it's not sexy <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually oh that actually reminds me there was this one guy that I was seeing um way back don't tell my partner this <laughs> but he <laughs> but he actually he was in Toronto and I was in Hong Kong and um, he was like okay like I'm waiting for you to come back so I can take you on a date and I was like oh that's so sweet and then he was like um, so when you come back maybe you can speak to me with your sexy Chinese accent and then I was like wait what <laughs> and I was thrown aback and he was like yeah talk to me in Chinese I think it's so sexy and I, I wasn't sure if he was joking or not because he was quite sarcastic. So I, I had to like clarify and be like, you know, Cantonese isn't really a sexy language. And then he was like, yeah, I know. I'm just joking. But I think it would be funny if you try to make Cantonese sexy. And then I was like, okay, next topic. Like, I don't want to be sexualized with my language either. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's so true. I mean, <laughs> oh my he God. was Caucasian. I feel so sorry for you, Claudia. <laughs> I don't know either. It's the Asian, like, I don't bring it up. I don't try to talk about it first. And it just, but I don't think it's even, it, I like, it wouldn't be fair for me to say all white people yeah. have done this because I've experienced this from Asian men as well mm. in Hong Kong, especially like older Chinese men. Um, I remember I was on the MTR once coming back from like a dance class I was sweaty with my friend I wasn't wearing anything sexy or anything maybe just like a little off shoulder um and I saw this older Asian man facing me with his camera towards me and obviously my first thought isn't oh he's taking a picture of me but I don't know why in the back of my mind I was kind of like why are you pointing your phone towards me it, it's kind of weird and then his flash went off and then I looked at him and I was like hello, you're, why are you taking a picture of me? Yeah. And he just pretended like he didn't hear me. And then he like looked at his phone, like it went oh wrong. Oh my God. And he didn't know why the, like the light turned off. And then he walked away. I, I'm always so like baffled by that because I'm like, I'm literally not in anything revealing. I'm standing there talking to my friend. Why would you take a picture of me? I still remember, um, I, I, of course, like when we are telling these stories, we would be like, oh, I don't remember myself wearing something completely revealing. But it's just like, what What if we were? I mean, even if we yeah. were, like it doesn't give them the right to... It's not an invitation. Exactly. I still remember there was one time I finished um, getting my vaccine um, in my neighborhood and 
I mean, I don't want to say what I was wearing, but I was literally wear wearing this like kind of like spotty t-shirt, nothing revealing. You wouldn't even see much of a figure or curves on me even. But then I, on my way back home after my vaccine, um, within that five minute walk, I, I think I had like six to seven uncles who were explicitly um, looking into the direction of my chest um, to the point where I was actually checking out myself um, at the mirror, but like, okay, is there something wrong with, with my outfit? Did it rip or what happened? That was just so uncomfortable. They're so shameless. Yeah. I, I, I think it's funny too, because they can literally look at you. And even if you make eye contact, they won't look away. Yeah. They just continue. And it's like a stare down. And then you feel uncomfortable, but you're like, I shouldn't feel uncomfortable yeah. because you're the one violating my comfort, right? Sorry, I'm looking around because my cat is carrying his toy. Hello, Mashi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then, I mean, actually, I really don't have an answer in terms of like how to react to those situations because, first of all, they're not taken aback um, by how you notice that, you know, um, they are staring at you. Like, even if you, you, you kind of like try to stare them down, they're not going to kind of like look away. Um, but when you start accusing them or yelling at them, that's when they will be like, oh, are you crazy? Like, what are you saying? I don't understand what you're saying as well. So these kind of moments, I mean, even just by bringing them up now, it, it gets my blood boiling a little bit. So I haven't, honestly, um, I think for our listeners out there, because um, I mean, these situations just happen so much. If you have a... If, if you have a smart way or you, if you happen to have any solutions to, to deal with these situations, feel free to let us know in, in the comment section on IG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I've, I've I want to tell a funny story. It's kind of irrelevant. Um, but my mom has actually encountered one of these experiences before and she was not young when she encountered it. She is really funny because I think she was like, 40 something years old, 50 something years old. And she is a black belt in Taekwondo, like martial arts um, <clears throat> artist. And she was walking down in Chunwan, which is a quite local area one day. And all of a sudden she felt someone grab her butt. So instinctively, because she's a black belt Taekwondo um, martial artist, she turned around and kicked the person <sighs> without looking, right? Like it was instinct. And turns out, it was an old man in his 70s. <laughs> she was so like worried that he died because she like gave him a fly kick. Oh my god. Go, <laughs> it's only auntie. funny because she actually like retaliated, right? She was wearing she was wearing shorts, but like it, it's not revealing. So like regardless of what she was wearing, it's not an invitation to grab her butt. But I just think like it's funny because she kicked a 70 year old man who harassed her but I applaud her for that being her reaction and I think to some of us we kind of get shocked and then we don't know what happened and don't know how to react because this also actually happened to me I was in Wan Chai and I was also waiting to cross the uh, 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 lights I think I should stop waiting to cross lights because that's when all these things happen to me um, but this guy walked by me as the light started turning and I was walking down the crossroad and he purposely bumped into my boob with his shoulder. No, sorry, with his elbow. Because you can see him walking abnormally close to me, although there was a lot of space. And he lifted his elbow up right as he was in front of me and touched my boob oh my God. and walked by. 
And I stood there and I was shocked. And then I was like, no, I cannot take this. So I turned around and I was like, you pervert. Like in Chinese, you pervert, you pervert, you pervert. And then like he looked at me and he just speed, like sped walked. And then everyone looked at me, but then like nothing happened. And then I just stood there and I'm like, should I chase after him? Like what's next? Like that was it. Yeah. That was all I could do. But I mean, it felt good for me to shout at him, but like I, I can't take back that feeling of how uncomfortable I was. Yeah. Or like how awful that feeling was. Yeah, definitely. And also in a way, it just sucks to think that that's all you could do really. Because like, I mean, I wish there were more ways for us to hold these people accountable for their actions. Because a lot of the times, like, I think it's more than just in Hong Kong, like in other markets and countries as well. Like um, the law enforcement um, does not necessarily have a mechanism to hold these people accountable. I mean, there was one time I would be followed by a complete stranger, a creepy guy um, home. And then the next day I visited um, the police station and and I asked, like, was there something that you could do? Like, could you look at the CCTV footage and identify that person? But then their response would be, um, well, because nothing happened to you, so there isn't a case. But then it's just like, that person followed me. Like, if it wasn't for me um, to kind of, like, deal with that situation calmly, I could have been murdered. Something bad could have happened to me. Or, like, if that person was not arrested or was not held accountable for what he did, like, someone else could get hurt because of that. And it's so messed up that they say like, oh, there's nothing we can do because nothing happened to you. So you can only do something when something happens to me. Isn't it too late by then? Exactly. Still a lot of work to be done. And um, definitely is quite sad um, talking about a topic like this. But um, it's time for us to move on to the next segment. And it is time for us to do Rapid Bias. <laughs> Now in this segment, I will be asking my guests biased questions they have got asked at some points in life. And also some common biased questions Asians get asked a lot. So, Claudia, are you ready? Yes, let's go. (laughs) First question. Wow, your English is so good. You don't even have an accent. Yeah, actually, um, I have gotten this a lot and I just say yes. And? What's your point? (laughs) What do you want me to say? I I don't have an accent. I sound like, apparently I sound like a white girl on the phone. So is that a compliment? Is that an insult? Or is just a statement? And you're Chinese. Ni hao. Ni hao. My Chinese is better than yours and I'm pretty sure my English is also better than yours. (laughs) (laughs) Savage. And you're from Hong Kong. I've been to Japan. Yeah, and I've also been to Italy. Oh, sorry, you're American. (laughs) 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 And next up, don't all Asian girls like white guys? I think that definitely is a stereotype. And I am a little guilty of it, but I don't particularly think I like them because they are white. I think we might have just grown up with a lot of American TV where we're like, oh my God, Chris Hemsworth is so hot and amazing. And that's why if I see a guy that kind of looks like Chris Hemsworth, I'll think he's hot and I like him. If you don't look like that, just because you're white, it doesn't mean I'll like you. (laughs) That's true. And next question. You've lived abroad for so long, you won't understand the Chinese context. But I do, I understand all of it because I watch Chinese TV. I think it's like, um, I listened to your podcast with Jack too, where they say like, oh, as in like, you know, someone who's come from abroad or like they're more white. Um, 
And they say the same thing to me. And I'm Chinese. I'm born in Hong Kong. And then I always say, but I'm born in Hong Kong. I understand. And then they always get so shocked because they're like, but you studied abroad. It's like, so? I spoke Chinese at home. I watched Chinese TV, listened to Chinese music. I can speak better Chinese than a lot of the people who go to international school here. <laughs> and you have a slight accent when you speak Chinese. Are you from overseas? I bet you like to party at LKF. That one always makes me cringe. I actually can't drink. I might look like a partier, but I can't drink. I'm such a lightweight. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and everyone always goes like, "Oh, you look like you can drink a lot. You party a lot." And I'm just like, "No, I'm, I like staying at home. Just because I look a certain way doesn't mean I have to react a certain way." It's just funny how like a lot of people um, like expats in Hong Kong. I mean, despite um, there are a lot of expats who love the party, um, but I also have a lot of expat friends like who who aren't from here, and then they would automatically get assumed that they are party animals. Oh. Yeah, or because we have highlights in our hair. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like Jack mentioned in the comment section, they think when you're Westernized that you're a yes. bad girl. <laughs> That's yeah, so true. You're open. Actually, I have had an ex colleague male colleague he is born and raised in Hong Kong he actually told me that he was quite interested in me because I'm from overseas and westernized and so it seems I'm more open and when I asked him what he meant by open because in my mind I'm like are you saying I'm open-minded or my legs are always open he couldn't really answer me because I think it's the latter that's what they think oh my god I gotta say, I mean, like, <laughs> it's it, rather than you attracting these comments, you just have this power to make guys like being exceptionally honest around you. <laughs> <laughs> what? Am I Wonder Woman? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> But um, thank you for playing this round of rapid bias, Claudia. Thank you. the conversation I, I just want to know if there are any final thoughts or nuggets of wisdom that you would like to leave our audience with claudia um, and also jacqueline if you would like to um <laughs> uh type type it out in the comment section yeah i want to say um although i think we talk shit um a lot about white men and uh, caucasians and how they sexualize us um i do think obviously there are great people who are Caucasian out there who don't do this um, and obviously we do appreciate you guys for appreciating us for who we are um, but for those who do identify with all of our stories and maybe have an experience where they remember they've done this please just keep in mind that we go through this as Asians a lot and just to be sensitive to what you guys say to us and it's not cute when you think we're Asians and so we have to be submissive or we act a certain way like we all have individual personalities we all have different backgrounds we all grew up differently we're our own person so if you don't want us to stereotype you guys don't stereotype us that's so true very well said and also Jacqueline mentioned in the comment section that we are not things 
we are people. But at the same time, I quite like how you mentioned, we definitely do appreciate when our Caucasian friends, our white friends become an ally um, for us. Like we do appreciate you for doing that, for speaking up for the entire Asian community. But yeah, that was a great conversation, Claudia and um, Jacqueline. We appreciate your presence in, in this episode and we can't wait to hear your voice. And I mean, I just want to thank you both for joining us for this episode and to be surrounded by smart and strong women like you both is definitely the reason why I'm proudly Asian. Thanks, Isabel. This was so much fun. That's it for this episode of Proudly Asian. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at proudly.asian for more content. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. Signing off for now. I'm Isabel Wong. <laughs>